As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. And we're having 20 minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today we talked with Josh Long, designer, writer, and creator of many awesome products. He talked with us about the balance between all his multiple projects and income streams and his passion for learning through all the different projects that he works on. He also shares both his excitement and his concerns about moving forward with a single focus on one product and aiming much bigger than he ever has in the past. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com rocketship to get 20% off three months. 
We'd also like to thank Envision App. Envision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to Envision App forward slash Rocketship to get the starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash Rocketship to start sending emails that convert. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. We're here with Josh Long, the designer and writer. Josh, welcome. Hey, guys. So you have a multitude of projects. Um, tell yep. us what you're working on right now. So my main focus right now is um, Simplecast, which is the, um, you know, the hosting platform that I have. Uh, we're building a new product uh, that kind of a branch off of Simplecast. And that's the main focus. And then, of course, I've got patterns, um, the execute stuff, and Cheddar. So we're about to release a whole new suite of apps. So it looks like submitting this week. Nice. Well, well, yeah. congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, so for Simplecast, what is, what's on the horizon? What are you, where are you taking this? Well, I think it's, it's interesting, right? Like we, um, we've been talking about, there's so many different ways. If you have a product or you have a business, there's so many different ways to fund it. So with Simplecast, I am for the first time exploring with VC Capital. So um, I have a new strategy for Simplecast. Right now it's a hosting platform, um, but we're looking to build an entire platform that basically um, lets anybody start their own um, radio network, if you will. The things like uh, CarPlay from Apple are coming out, and audio is this really big platform. So I'm shifting a lot of my focus. The The hosting product itself is, is running itself, um, so that's part of it. But uh, I'm looking now to create a simple way for people to start their own radio stations for the Internet and also to consume them. So that's my so, main focus, right? So it runs itself. Um, mm-hmm. Why take on it? I mean, we use it. It's, it's fantastic. But thank you. Why take on more or why take on the capital at this time? What, where do you get from it? Well, to be honest, it's kind of, you know, what I want to do is, is very, very, very ambitious. Um, and that turns into, that ambition turns into finding the most absolute best possible team that you can. Mm. Um, but it also makes sure that you, um, you know, with bandwidth, if you, if you think about something like YouTube, right, like it completely took off and they couldn't even sustain it, which is why Google bought it in the first place. Mm. Um, so, you know, in a lot of ways it's fail safe, but you know, this is an opportunity to, you know, go really big and, and do something uh, really big that a lot of people use. Um, and it's something I'm super passionate about. I mean, you guys know you have a podcast and, you know, I've been uh, doing podcasting for a while and I just love it. I think there's a ton, a ton, a ton of great conversations that are going on out there. And now we have all this technology with CarPlay and mobile, um, you know, with commutes and everything. Like it's a grand opportunity um, to get those conversations heard and to find the new people and make it easy for them to do it. Absolutely. So um, I guess up until this point, you have self-funded everything, right? Everything, yeah. How have you done that? You have, you have multiple streams um, and different ways that you, you do it through like book sales or, or sponsorships. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. So, you know, I have been self-funding things for, for quite a while now. Um, the Execute book did better than we ever really expected it to, you know, just coming from a, a quick conversation with Drew um, and then getting it done, you know, written in three days and off to the printer in eight. Um, that that did really good. That was a lot of fun, and I learned a whole lot from it. Um, just basically out of this curiosity of um, really digging into what builders do. Um, so the book 
funded uh, quite a bit of stuff. And then I raised a lot of sponsorship money um, for patterns um, for Execute for the Happy Monday podcast that I do with Sarah. Um, you know, there's just it, it's amazing the relationship that you can have out there with sponsorships um, and just indie publishing as, as one person. I mean, I'm really doing this all as one person. So I don't cool. think anyone believes you, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a multiplicity thing. I figured out a way to climb myself, <laughs> which so would be you, a good thing in reality. Right. <laughs> how do you go about getting sponsorships for something like the pattern school? Well, one thing I think is create something that is as original as it's possible to be. I mean, nothing's really original if you if you look at it, but you know, create something that is interesting and that has a story and create a way for um the people that you want to get sponsorships for, like find a way for them to get a lot of value, right? Um they they have a ton of money. The the thing about sponsorships is, and especially podcasts, like podcasts have a really good engagement and a really good uh, click through or return, if you will, uh, for a lot of these companies. They want to spend it. Like they they really want to put this money out there and to support the community. You know, I think of companies like Harvest and Mailchimp and Media Temple. Like these companies really have our backs. Like they really really want to be the support of the company. So or the the um, community, if you will. So if you you know if you come up with something original, just start the conversation with them. Find out what they need and what they would love to get back for their money and just, you know, make a win-win situation. It's business 101, if you will. Do you approach them and say, I'm doing the podcast. I think I can add value here. Um, and what does it look like? Have they, are they always responsive? Uh, do you have to email 10 people to get one? What kind of experience have you had? Well, it depends, right? I mean, it's a lot of times it's about getting to the right person. It's just like sales. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many, how much sales you guys have done in the past, um, but you know, you always want to reach a decision maker. If you know someone that knows somebody, um, you know, Matt, I know you've you've sent me a couple messages in the past about um, just you know making intros. Like that's a really good way to go. Um, and then you know just don't harass people. If they say no, then it's, it's fine. Like go on to the next thing. Like if, if they're not completely and a hundred percent interested, move on either to the next person or just find out what they need and, and keep it in your back pocket for when you have a project that they want. But you know, you've got to give them something that's going to pique their interest. And even if it's something cool, like I got a lot of uh, sponsorship for the great discontent. They're just cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're just doing a really, really cool thing and people wanted to be part of it. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Yeah, your story on The Great Discontent was one of my favorites, by the way. Um, really? Yeah, I, I could absolutely <laughs> There's a lot relate. of interesting people on there. Oh, <laughs> to, that's to kind of your through. backstory, um, getting kicked out of, or not kicked out, but leaving college, the whole frustration. Um, 
it, you've come a long way since then. Um, and, uh, I don't know, it was, it was really refreshing to read all of their stuff is, is absolutely amazing. So, um, I don't know where I was going with it, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) so they're, they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about, um, sales. You come from kind of a, a heavy sales background where you started doing cold calling, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it's really interesting my background. I mean, my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, you know, he he lost his job. He went through like nine jobs in three years or something crazy. Um, but he was an entrepreneur at heart. And mm-hmm. you know, even as a kid, I would I was going like door to door. You know, my dad and my start, started this engraving business in the corner of my bedroom, and later in his own parents' garage when we all had to move in with them. Um, but I was going door to door selling desk plates and anything that could be engraved, even as a kid, um, grew up with it. And, you know, even when I was five years old, my dad was a manager of a radio shack. So he kind of like taught me how business ran and I'd go in there and just geek out on all the stuff. Radio shack was cool back then. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm a little older now, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a great time. I I learned a lot. So yeah, background in sales, man. Um, you know, there was a point where I was making 150, 200 phone calls a day. I mean, like when I say sales, it was it's sales, and our family business is still run that way to this day. So you, the the engraving business is still open. It is, yeah. It just celebrated cool. twenty five years. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, doing cold calling is probably one of the most miserable experiences. Oh, it's awful. But <laughs> but you do you have like three seconds to engage. Um, it is something that it, do you guys do that kind of thing in pattern school when you when you teach sales? Have you taken some of those lessons into that? Yeah, you know, I I like hint at a lot of it, and I do say the I do tell the importance of it. Um, it's a it's a tricky thing because you don't want to be one of those people that really bugs people or you know your typical telesales. But you know, even when I was working with Seth Godin, you know, he had a time where he said, "Okay, you know, like we're quiet. It's just a group of us. The most important thing you could ever do is learn how to sell yourself or sell." Mm. And, you know, that's not really something that you like to talk about because people can't stand salespeople. But at the end of the day, if you're building a business, you have no business if you can't make sales. So what do you tell to creatives who who because um, sales today feels a little bit different? What do you tell to creatives who, you know, they don't want to be salesmen? Well, first of all, I say basically like create something as much as you can that doesn't have to be sold. You know what I mean? Because then all you have is an awareness problem. If people see it and it's a no brainer for them, you know, like you don't have to sell. I mean, if you build a, if you build something really cool and show the process of it. So if you're just an artist, let's say you're, you know, you're painting or you're an illustrator. If you let people into like what, what goes into your work, like if you show it takes hours and hours and it's taken years and years of skill, a lot of times people will appreciate that more and your value goes up. Or you could just, you know, put something up on Cargo Collective or Shopify or something um, that you just threw up there and said, here, it's for sale. You might not get the same reaction. You know, you got to bring people into it. Um, So first, yeah, create something that doesn't have to be sold as much as you can. And then just make sure you're out there. Like, you don't have to be one of these, you know, infomercial salespeople, but just make sure people are seeing you. You know, top of mind awareness and just see, show them what you're doing and all the work that you're putting in. So as we've been talking, I'm taking notes here about all the things that you're working on and the Mm -hmm. list has gotten 
pretty long. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm just curious, like, how you balance things or decide where to put effort. Um, and if it's, like, more of a passion thing, like, I'm really feeling like working on cheddar today, that's what I'm going to work on. Or if you have more of, like, a scientific approach to um, input and output that you're getting from each of these and, and the potential that you see more in the long term. Well, you know, it, it is a passion thing. You know, I, I, we've all, it's kind of cliche and, you know, we all kind of look at Steve Jobs as some demigod or something, but, you know, part of his commencement speech, he said, if you wake up too many days in a row and you're not excited about it, you're not doing the right thing. So everything comes from passion. And if you look at everything that I do, they all intermingle. And I'll let you guys in on a little secret. Uh, what I, What I do is I really just, I learn and then I turn whatever I learn into a product. Mm. Like that's literally what I do. Like if you saw my library here at patterns, um, I think it's around like 2000 books now or something, you know, like literally I am so curious and I'm a knowledge just junkie, maybe too much, but all I'm doing, it seems like a lot of products, but at the end of the day, all I'm doing is learning as much as I can and then trying to, trying to get paid to learn, if you will. So I turn what I learn into products. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. So um, are you nervous at all to focus on one product for, um, for you know, the foreseeable future? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> and the answer is a resounding hell yes. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it is. It's it, one of the things. So I'm reading a book right now, actually, called um, Essentialism, which is kind of interesting because you know, when you do a lot of things, I've, I feel like I've, I'm in this stage, like I just turned 35 a couple months ago, and I feel like I'm in this stage of trying everything and not being scared to try things so that I know exactly what I need to do for like the foreseeable future. You know, I'm getting to that age where you don't really want to be figuring out what you're going to do with your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've, I feel like in the last couple of years, I've done so many different things that I can now know what I want to do. Um, but at the same time, it's really hard to focus in on one single thing because, um, A, my attention span is really short. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's, it's risky. But at the end of the day, if I don't want to die of a heart attack by the time I'm 50, I probably should, you know, focus in on some things. And one of, one of the things, too, that I've been really, really thinking about is, you know, would, would Dieter Rahms have done so many different things? I don't think he would have. I think he would have, like, focused singularly on some things and really perfect what he was doing. And that's where I'm at. You know, Execute was a book that was written in three days. It, it has typos. You know, it, it has printing errors and things like that. Like, we just wanted to get the idea out there. But I'm at a point in my life where I want to, like, really perfect something and polish something. Um, I don't want to be known as the guy that puts too many things out there that aren't complete. Um, so to answer your question, yes, I am scared. But <laughs> it's also a great challenge because I'm ready to build something that I'm very, very proud of. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome and encouraging. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like there's a time for each because without this execute time, you may not have found the problem of simple cast to build that big one. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, and, and execute, I think a lot of people misunderstood what execute really was about because, I mean, the definition of executing something is seeing it through. Right. Mm -hmm. So really what we talked about with these quick builds is building the prototype and getting it off the ground without beating yourself up or 
you know, spending too much time on one product that would have never worked. Um, it's not about just throwing something out there and being done. It's getting the idea out there very quickly, testing it, making sure that it's okay. And then you, then you polish it. You know, I think people are in this like technology world, they're, they're bailing either too fast or not fast enough. They stick to something that doesn't work or they're leaving before anybody really takes off. There's a ton of products out there. I, I literally think someone could have a business of going to these apps where they quit too early and putting a business behind them because there's a lot of people creating great products, but there's no one there to, to sell it, to get it out to more people. Like it's, it's amazing. I I don't think people are being patient enough or they're being too patient. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, It it comes with age though. I think (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) knowing when to stop and when to keep going. Yeah. Well, execute actually had a pretty big impact on Matt and I, because we're, kind of of the same mentality where we like to work on a lot of different things or whatever we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And after reading that book, it kind of sparked both of us to quickly get something out. Um, and a lot of them we actually don't see through, but we scratch that itch and um, at least get something out there and decide if it's worth moving forward with or not. Um, and even if something doesn't come all the way to fruition, we learn something every single time going through it. So... Yeah, I love that. And you know, I'm I'm ridiculously proud of you guys. You know, I talked to a lot of people about uh, you guys and and what you built because you did. You you took it, you put it into practice. And you know, when I wrote the book, and even in my everyday life, and why I started patterns is is you guys. You know, like trying to spark some kind of fire and then watch someone put it into action and build something. You know, I'm using the product that you guys put out there, Hookfeed. Um, you know, I just you guys made me proud and that's exactly what you want to get out of something when you put time into a book or a project. So Wow, that means a lot. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Well done, guys. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> shucks. Aw, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, can you tell us where we can keep up with you online? Yeah, so um, you can just go to um, Twitter, really, at Josh Long. That's the best thing to to do because then you can kind of just see the little Twitter handles of the projects that I'm doing. So, yeah, just go to Twitter, at Josh Long, and uh, start there, I guess. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up. And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them. Everybody that you meet has an original point of view. Every day, every day, every day, every day. And I say, hey, every day, hey, hey, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every
Singing. Mm-hmm.